I've reached the pinnacle of my basketball career and must retire. The one good thing is that my father had the opportunity to see me play my last game. and That means a lot. What will you do now? I've never really told anybody this except for one person. Um, I'm going to be a movie review podcaster. No, seriously. I'm totally serious. I am going to review classic movies to see if they live up to their reputations, whether the reputations are good or bad. Well, my first review is the 1996 classic Space Jam, starring Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan. No, seriously. What is difficult to understand about this? I'm leaving a successful and lucrative career as a professional athlete to pursue my secret dream of reviewing classic films. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not shitting you. Look, I'll prove it. I have it right here on my iPhone. I'll play it right now, and then you'll see. It's the last time I'm ever working with dogs or children. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, I'm going to repeat the same thing from the stupid skit at the beginning. We take a classic <laughs> movie, and we see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, we take a movie from 1996, that cinematic desert, that ocean of awful that is 1990s <laughs> cinema, and we found this sports kids movie, right, Steve? It is definitely a sports kids movie, yes. Um, that classic, and I know people are going to argue with us that it's a classic, but you know what, guys? If I say these two words, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, boy. <laughs> that that movie that's f- fun for everybody. <sighs> Space Jam! Oh, yeah. You, I don't think this movie deserves an no, oh, yeah. it doesn't. It really doesn't. I think it deserves more of a oh, no. Is that more? Or... <laughs> Uh-oh. Or what? Yeah, that, I was going for that last one. That, that was my reaction when I saw the trailer for the first time back in 1996. It was more of a, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I, okay. Yeah, I guess. But, that's right, guys. Space Jam, that 88-minute-long commercial. <laughs> I mean, that movie. What? Uh, comedy with all the Warner Brothers cartoon characters in it and other cartoon characters called people playing other characters in it right Steve? Yeah, yes, absolutely. It's <laughs> it's cartoons of all sorts. That's right. And now we're going to learn some trivia cuz there's so much, right Steve? There's so much. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that it's an <laughs> an hour and a half long commercial because uh, and some people might even remember these if, if you're, you know, in our general age bracket. Um, mm-hmm. Before this was a movie, Michael Jordan did a series of Nike commercials starring the Looney Tunes. Yeah. And uh, it was and what and the, the premise for a lot of them was or for one of them, at least uh, the, one of the more popular ones was Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny playing basketball against like villainous cartoons. I think in the in no, it wasn't cartoons. It was just mean guys. Well, wasn't there one where they were playing against Marvin the Martian? That was the second one. Yeah, there was what, a sequel. So the the yeah <laughs> the, the long awaited sequel to the first Bugs Bunny Michael Jordan commercial. 
Um, so that somebody decided to make it into an entire movie. So when you say that it's a 90-minute commercial, you're not actually that far off. It literally, the, the concept originated as a Nike commercial with Michael Jordan yeah. and, and Bugs Bunny. Small wonder that the director of this movie was the same person who directed the commercial. That is so weird and random. Do those skills transfer? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not holding anybody in suspense. They fucking don't. No. Also, one final little bis- little bit of trivia before we move on. Um, yes. As we get through the the movie, we'll we'll probably comment on the fact that there are a few jokes sprinkled throughout the movie at the expense of Disney. Is there a, f- a, a one or two? Okay, whatever. But I'd also like to point out, just because oh, I'll get to it when we talk about the people who made the movie. Well, okay, there are so, there are some zingers at the expense of Disney, but the such as uh, such as uh, Bugs Bunny referring to such and such as a Mickey Mouse operation. Oh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, this movie made its network television debut. Uh-huh. On a broadcast of ABC's yeah. Wonderful World of Disney, so I guess I guess I guess Mickey was a little so more. So Hollywood's a great big whore, everybody. Uh, ex- it's one great big all whore. Exactly. They'll take money wherever they can get it. Exactly. Daffy Duck could have been. I'm gonna fuck that buff right in the ass all night long. I'm telling you, brother. And they would have still put it up because money. Exactly. Well, we'll cut out the care. ass fucking joke and we'll just put it on Sunday night. <laughs> Let's keep it in there. We like it. <laughs> Mr. Eisner thinks it's funny. <laughs> so can we can we talk about who made Let's it? Let's do it. Great. It was directed by Joe Pitka. Now, as I said, Joe is an industry professional, and he's mostly known for making commercials and making music videos. A lot of Michael Jackson videos, mm. too. Now, I said, when I made the joke earlier about whether or not your skills can transfer from being uh, a director of commercials to a director of movies, I was being a little bit disingenuous because there have been plenty of directors of mainstream films now that came from commercials. They cut their teeth there, right, Steve? Oh, very much. And some of them are even good. Yeah, people like uh, Joel Schumacher. Like I said, some of them are even good. And and, of... I can't remember his name now because my brain's failing me. He makes a lot of big movies with robots punching each other. He's punching each other for hours. What's his name again? Michael Bay. Michael Bay, that's right. He made commercials too. Yes, he did. He's still making them. They're... I need to come up with a good example, Steve. Oh, God. Uh, Ridley Scott. There you go. Ridley Scott made lots of commercials before he started making making movies. So some of them, they, the, the skills do transfer over, right, Steve? Oh, very much, very much. And, uh... Yeah. Who was uh, uh, Spike Jones? Um, I don't know if he did very many commercials, but he used to do music videos. Yeah, and yeah he became yeah. a very fine motion picture director. That's right. But Joe uh, never made. Uh, he made one other movie. That's it. Uh, everything else is commercials. He's well known in the commercial industry. Um, it was produced by Ivan Reitman. Uh, that's the first name. There's two others: Joe Medjuk and Daniel Goldberg. But I bring up Ivan Reitman because Ivan Reitman's name has been used to sell us a whole bunch of garbage over the years, guys. <laughs> <laughs> a whole bunch of garbage. In fact, if you were watching a preview and it said "from the people who brought you Ghostbusters," mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, that meant that they were going to try to force feed you garbage, and it was bad. Evolution, anyone? No, thanks. <laughs> but it's from the people who brought you Ghostbusters. Shut up! Stop saying that! It's from the people who brought you Stripes. Oh. Ivan Reitman produced a lot of really great comedies in the early 80s. Yeah. And he made Ghostbusters too. <laughs> 
Um, it was written by, and I cannot, I, I read this script, guys. There aren't any sentences that are longer than five, five words long. <laughs> but it was written by Leo Benvenuti, Steve Rudnick, Timothy Harris, and Herschel Weingrad. Four. It took four people to write this script. Why? I mean, it kind of goes along with that rule of the more credited writers, the more like the higher the likelihood that it's not going to be good. You yeah. Know? <sighs> I think a couple of them were probably punch-ups too. I think someone went in and punched it up because there's a lot of characters saying things that are supposed to be funny while it overlaps with action that's going on on the screen, yeah. which is the death of comedy. It's not funny <laughs> and it's awful, but it happens a lot in this movie. Um Okay, let's get to who's starring it. You ready? Let's do it. Let's run down the roster of A-listers that populate this film. Starring Michael Jordan as himself. Not a real-life version of himself, but he, you know, it's got the same name, same basic career. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's Michael Jordan. Uh, Come on. Brandon, Brandon Hammond as the younger Michael Jordan. He appears at the beginning. We'll get to that when we do the recap. Wayne Knight as Stan Podolak, I guess that's his name, or as Meaningless Comedy Relief, or <laughs> Why Is This Character Here? <laughs> Get used to that. We're going to be saying it a lot. Um, Teresa Randall as Juanita Jordan, as Michael Jordan's wife. It's played by an actress. He was actually married to someone named Juanita Jordan. I'm wondering how she felt about being portrayed by somebody else in the movie. <laughs> Michael, I can't wait to play your wife in that movie. Yeah, oh, well, here we go. about that. Um, I'm just going to run through all of these guys because they're all playing themselves, and I don't feel like saying as himself over and over again. <laughs> I don't want to say this. Name. You have to. He's the, that? He's, Where is that? He's the, I made up the rules of the show. I don't. He's the, he's the best part of the movie. Yeah, that's true. Bill Murray as I owe somebody a favor. Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Sean Bradley, Larry Johnson, and Muggsy Bogues as themselves. Um, if you guys aren't basketball fans, those are all basketball players, right, Steve? Yes, indeed. Okay. Tom Barry as James R. Jordan, one of Michael Jordan's kids. He had real kids. <laughs> but they must have sucked at the audition because... <laughs> They got actors to play as kids. We're going to go a different direction, kids. Yeah. Penny Bay Bridges as Jasmine Jordan, his daughter. And Dan Castellaneta and Patricia Heaton as basketball fans. You remember that epic scene, Steve? Yeah. No? Okay, let's move on. <laughs> when they exchange one line in the basketball game? Okay, so now this next part, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna do a little caveat because we're not done with cast. No, no. Um, when my personal hero, uh, Mel Blanc, died, he left a huge sucking wound in the vocal talent of Warner Brothers cartoons because he was it. Oh, boy. That was it. He was the only one. He did everybody. And this is the evidence to how big of a wound he left when he died <laughs> because they needed to cast all of these people to replace him. Ready, Steve? Let's do it. Okay, Billy West as Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. Everybody knows who Billy West is. He's Stimpy on Ren and Stimpy. Yep. 
Um, later, he was both Ren and Stimpy on Ren and Stimpy. Um, he's uh, Fry mm-hmm. on Futurama. He was the Honey Nuts Cheerio Bee. And he's been like a billion gajillion other voices throughout the industry, right, Steve? Oh, very. Yeah, he's one of the... I mean, nobody's mm-hmm. ever going to be another Mel Blanc, but he's one of the sort of... of this generation's yeah. quasi-successors <laughs> to Mel Blanc. Yeah. Uh, D. Bradley Baker as Daffy Duck... The Tasmanian Devil and Toro, Bob Bergen as Marvin the Martian, Porky Pig, Tweety Berg, Hubie and Bertie. Um, he only, I, Hubie and Bert are my are probably two of my favorite Warner Brothers characters that not very many people know of. But uh, he didn't do that great of a job. None of them. I just. <laughs> Bill Farmer as Foghorn Leghorn, Yosemite Sam and Sylvester. Maurice LaMarche, another voice that everyone should know mm-hmm. because he was Brain. He was the voice of Orson Welles in Ed Wood. And he's done just tons of other voices. He was also a voice on Futurama as well. And he was doing, did I say already, he did Peppy Le Pew. Yep. The late, great June Foray is Granny. June Foray, if you need a woman's voice in a Warner Brothers cartoon, that was June Foray. She also did all the female voices and was the voice of Rocky the Squirrel on the Rocky Bullwinkle show. She is a fucking legend, and she just recently passed away. Um, but <laughs> she lived long enough to do this fucking piece of shit. Sousy as Lola Bunny. Don't know who that character is? Good. Forget her faster. <laughs> Frank Welker. As Charles, Michael Jordan's pet bulldog. Um, Frank Wilker is famous, wouldn't you say, Steve? Yeah, I would say he's one of the more famous voice actors there is. And the funny thing is, is that very seldom does he ever get to talk. He's always playing animals. Yeah. He's he, he's all throughout the Disney films. He was Apu and he uh, the monkey and Aladdin. Mm-hmm. He's just like, every time you need some little monkey going, blah, 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 they get Frank Walker to do it. I can do that. Oh, Frank, jeez. Anyone could talk in a squeaky voice and sound slobbery. <laughs> uh, personal, Frank, I know you built a career on that. Danny DeVito as Mr. Swackhammer. Do I need to go into who Danny DeVito is? He's an actor of some note. I think he spent a total of ten minutes in the recording studio. (laughs) And Colleen Wainwright as Sniffles the Tiny Mouse. Another one of my favorite characters, voiced poorly. I'm hurting a little bit. (laughs) You knew that this was coming, though. These are some of my favorite characters. I know. I love the Warner Brothers cartoons. I know. Way more than Disney. Way more than anybody else. More than Popeye. More than fucking anybody else. I love the Warner Brothers cartoons. I know. (laughs) Music by James Newton Howard. Cinematography by Michael Chapman. Edited by Sheldon Kahn. One editor. Can you believe that shit? Uh, that, That poor editor. Badly edited. By one dude. I would, you would have expected at least five names in the edited by credit, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would think so. Production company, Warner Brothers Feature Animation, Northern Lights Entertainment, and Courtside Seats Productions. Distributed by Warner Brothers Family Entertainment. Released November 15th, 1996. Aha! It's a Thanksgiving movie! Guess how we found that out? We were looking for a Thanksgiving movie and Steve stumbled over Space Jam! (laughs) Thanks, box office mojo. (laughs) Running time, a million and a half years. Oh, I'm sorry. Running time, 88 minutes. Budget, 80 million. Box office, $230.4 million, so it made its money back, and they've been talking about trying to do a sequel now ever since 1996, so 20 years they've been talking about doing a sequel. Yeah, so you know when they finally make it, it'll be really good. 
Oh yeah, it'll be so awesome. Well, all the answer all the unanswered questions from this movie, right? Oh, sure. Steve? Well, you know, belated sequels have such great track records. You know, if if you wait twenty years to make a sequel, it's guaranteed to be gangbusters. Yeah, and this one's gonna hit on all the nostalgia for this film. And guess what, guys? It's the main reason why we're reviewing it because people are nostalgic for this film. They love watching it when they're a little kid, and I don't think they've watched it since then. Yep. Yep. This is their fault. <laughs> If you're one of those people who has fond memories of Space Jam from when you were 12 years old, this is yeah, your thanks. fault. Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right, Steve. Let's put on our basketball uniforms. Okay, okay. Do you, do you have uh, my college shorts that I always wear under mine for good luck? I can't seem I to find them. them. You, what? I burned, I'm sorry. I burned them. I burned oh. them. I burned, them. Oh I burned your shoes. Oh, my God. And then I burned your house this... down with your fake family in it and your stupid fucking dog. How about them apples? Well, I'm, you like that? I'm not going to be able to concentrate on the review. <laughs> sure you will. Okay. You'll be I'll fine. forget about it in a few minutes. Okay. Do you have uh, Do you have my Roger Ebert underwear, the ones that I pulled off his body? I And where every time I do a review, do you have I have them, but I would like to keep them for a little while longer. No. Please? Come on. No. They're mine. <sighs> All right. Here you go. Ah, uh, thank goodness. I'm going to put them right in my mouth. <laughs> All right, Steve. I'm so jealous right now. Let's do it. Stop it. Let's do it. You ready? Let's do it. We're going to go into the cartoon sports movie world of Space Jam. Steve, do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to the cartoon world of Space Jam, we, we have a little prologue scene that comes from the unproduced, sentimental Michael Jordan biopic. <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> you mean the completely fabricated yeah. scene at the beginning? We see we see a scene of, of young Michael Jordan. Looks like he's about, what, like 11, 12 years old, something like that. Yeah. And he shoot, yeah. he's shooting hoops in his backyard. You know what's funny about this scene, Steve? What's funny about this scene? The movie has gone on for exactly maybe 35 seconds, Mm -hmm. and we get an inspirational song. Yeah. The kind of inspirational song you'd expect at the end of a movie. Yes, yes. You know, when people have done something, triumphed over something. This one feels like they're trying to make us nostalgic for some fake shit that never actually happened. (laughs) Because we all have fond memories of Michael Jordan when he was shooting hoops as a child. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> That's the Michael Jordan I miss. Yeah. Dad comes out and says, hey, stop making so much noise with your rackety basketball playing. <laughs> you wild kid, you. Yeah. Yeah, and the kid's like, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to go to North Carolina, and I'm going to become a basketball player, and I'm going to become world champion, and then I'm going to play baseball, and then I'm going to get kidnapped by cartoon characters and be forced to play car- play a basketball game for their very souls, and then um, Bill Murray will be there, and then I'll, I'll retire a couple more times, I think, and probably divorce my wife. And ride motorcycles and hopefully fade into obscurity. <laughs> and the dad is like, Bill Murray from Saturday Night Live? That's what I said. <laughs> okay. It's my dream, Dad. Don't step on okay. it. It's what I want. <laughs> put your put the and goddamn the... basketball down and get in the house. <laughs> no, I gotta make a slow motion dunk. And he turns around as they're walking back to the house and he's gonna make a slow motion dunk. And then we are assaulted, literally assaulted by the credits that should have come with an epilepsy warning oh, at the yeah. beginning of them. <laughs> 
And in true 90s fashion, when the name of the movie appears, what happens to it, Steve? It, it, it zooms in over our head, and then what? It, it explodes. It explodes. Because that's what we needed about this basketball movie with cartoons in it. An exploding, Absolutely. An exploding title. And movies in the 90s had to have exploding titles. It was, it was a, a constitutional requirement. I will never forget the exploding titles of the English picture. No, that it, and it, you need it to orient you. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, you you know, you go in and it's just simple, elegant, understated opening titles, and you're like, "What is this? The '80s?" Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't remember anything about Schindler's List if those titles hadn't exploded. They, the 3D zoom out exploding titles. <laughs> so now we have a credit sequence. Yeah, which is uh, there to let us know, just in case we don't know, that Michael Jordan's really good at basketball. Oh boy, absolutely, and and has yeah. been for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And so then all of the people who are responsible for this get shown and then we cut to what Steve? we cut to a press conference where where uh, michael jordan is uh announcing his retirement oh uh, i'm sorry steve but we have to interrupt this sports movie with a cartoon oh we do yeah we pan out of the hotel and we go into space and then space becomes a cartoon and then we go onto a planet where there's an amusement park that looks like satan yeah. built and um <laughs> Uh, one of the ride cars breaks off and lands with a crash, and when you hear the thing, someone's screaming on it, and it sounds like they're having fun, but as soon as they crash, these two little cartoon aliens come out, and then this teenager alien says, I hate this, fuck you, Dad. How dare, why are we here? I hate this place. This does not make up for your divorce from Mom. Why didn't we go to Disneyland? Uh-huh. And uh, we cut to a video monitor inside of uh, some kind of room with a bad guy in it. Yeah, Mr. Swackhammer. Mr. Swackhammer, voiced by Danny DeVito. And he's fat and he smokes a cigar and no thought was put into this character at all whatsoever. And he's like, see, everyone hates my, my theme park because of that one teenage kid. Who's obviously going through problems with his family because it sounds like his father's divorced. Look, he's just weeping into a garbage can. That means the whole park is bad, right? Yeah, we need a new attraction. Yeah, who is he talking to, by the way? He's talking to these five little guys. They're like little alien guys. These little nerd things. And this is where the whole, I think someone punched up some stuff because they're always talking. Even when the other character is supposed to be delivering information to us so that we understand what's going on, right, Steve? Yeah, they're a chattery little bunch. Uh Uh-huh, and they're delivering on little stupid punchlines. Okay, guys. Pat Oswald has a great bit in which he's talking about how he was asked to come in and punch up a cartoon that was already finished. And he said, okay, so do you want me to write new jokes? And they said, no, what we want you to do is write jokes for characters that are off screen so that there will be a laugh in dead areas of the film. And that's what this is. A lot of it really feels that way because the cartoon characters don't shut up ever. They don't allow the story to happen. Do they no, say? well, you, uh, that's how comedy works, Jason. Don't you know? You can't have any any moment in the entire running time where there isn't a joke happening, or people will forget that it's a comedy. Is wait, this? I thought this was just a stupid commercial for children to watch. No, it's a comedy. Oh, I didn't laugh. It's well, that's because Not even that, a little bit. That's because you don't have a sense of humor. Oh, okay, fine. 
Anyway, so he's like, what are we going to do? And he smashes his fist, and then a wall of monitors turn on. And what's on the, the monitors, Steve? Well, what's on the monitors is a a misstep by the people who made this movie. <laughs> because what, they, Why is that? They, the monitors are displaying clips from many of the classic Warner Brothers, Merry Melodies, and Looney Tunes cartoons. From You mean the funny ones? Oh, yeah, from like the 30s. Yeah. In the 40s and the 50s, the classic ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, those were great. And then yep. you remember you're watching this. And you start asking yourself questions like, how did that happen? <laughs> why did that happen? Why is <laughs> why why did he get nothing but Looney Tunes on his monitors? <laughs> he, he obviously he has Cartoon Network as a saved channel. You know. <laughs> so on all of Sure. Them? He just he's a big he's he's a big fan. Um so he says, I want you to go kidnap them, right? Yeah, and they're like, well, um, th- the thing is, they live on Earth, and we don't even know if, if they can survive on our planet. And Swackhammer's that like, I don't care. Just go get them. Jesus. Yeah, and if you don't come back alive, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, we got to cut back to the sports movie. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, in the, in the sports movie... Um, Michael Jordan has pursued his love of what he wants to do, which is what, Steve? Uh, to play professional baseball. Yeah, uh, I think it's double-A, isn't it? It's, it's uh, Yeah, uh, this is the actual double-A team that he played for. Yeah, yeah. it's a double-A team, the Barons. The Barons, yeah. Which was uh, owned by the same guy who owned the Bulls. And boy, I love some double-A. I love watching this kind of baseball. Is like great. I would love to watch Michael Jordan figure out that he's got a strike zone that's about five miles wide. <laughs> <laughs> Because he doesn't know how to hunch over. The, he doesn't. Yeah. No, he's not. Why did he think? <laughs> Michael, you shouldn't be standing up that straight, man. <laughs> There's a reason why there aren't too many six-six baseball players. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now he's trying to. He's at bat. Everyone loves him so much. They're trying to going out of the way to make him feel good. Even the catcher of the opponent's <laughs> team is telling him what's what pitches are going to be thrown. So that he can get a hit, right? Yeah, Steve? it's it's one. It's actually one of the to me one of the better bits in the movie. The, the the catch. It is one of the things that I thought of is Michael Jordan isn't that bad of an actor, and this plot would make a great sports movie plot. Yeah, but we got to keep fucking it up. <laughs> there's a great there's a great bit after because Jordan he, the, the catcher keeps feeding him the pitches, and Jordan strikes out anyway. And on the third strike, he swings at a pitch that the catcher specifically tells him not to swing at. And that, now, if I was a terror, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then after and after he he whips for strike three, the catcher gets up and goes, "Why did you swing?" And uh, and Michael says, "I I, I couldn't help it." And the, and the catcher, who yeah. is a little bit annoyed, immediately softens and goes, "Oh, it's okay. I understand." Yeah. Now, if I was an awful hack um, Hollywood scriptwriter, what I would then do is have the character realize that he can't play baseball as himself. So he would grow his hair out and grow a mustache and a beard and then go play for a different team under an assumed name and then learn about all about baseball that way. Right? Now that. And people would treat him like garbage and, <laughs> and he'd learn and there would be a plot there instead of what this is, which is not a plot. It's not. Can I just say that is gold. <laughs> That is pure no, gold. Not, don't, it's pure fucking garbage horseshit. Get Chris Columbus to direct it. Oh, you hurt me <laughs> deeply. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so they're playing, and they're all, oh, look, Steve, a spaceship. Oh, hey, yeah. Oh, this is also where we meet his new publicist, played by Wayne Knight. Who 
gives? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Wayne Knight has a pratfall. Ah, some somebody was watching Seinfeld and said that guy's funny. Put him in this. Yeah, put him in. He's not annoying after five or six seconds. And uh, so yeah, we meet him, and then a spaceship flies by. Him. Yeah, and- because tonal shifts. <laughs> we got him. We don't really. We don't really have tonal shifts. We have more like tonal car crashes throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like you know in those movies where they have the two characters and they're talking, and then all of a sudden they get hit by a car. That's what the shifts are like in this film. Very much, very much. Yeah, because now we now we follow the spaceship and it goes underground. Because that's as everybody knows, that's where the Looney Tunes universe is located underneath the Earth. Underground. Yes. That's where the Looney Tunes universe is, and they see a big Warner Brothers logo, and then they push through it, and now they're in a cartoon world. Yeah, right? yeah, and. Who should they encounter but Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny? Yeah, and nothing funny happens. No, no. They, they it seems they seem to be attempting a half-hearted reenactment of one of their classic bits. <laughs> and then the spaceship lands, and they they lower the plank, and it lands right on Elmer. Oh, poor Elmer. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Bugs Bunny says some stuff, and then they shoot him with a laser gun. Yeah. And um, this is where I start agreeing with one of my heroes, Chuck Jones, who said this plot makes no sense because there's nothing that these aliens could do that Bugs Bunny couldn't overcome within five minutes. Indeed. That's a a good point there, Chuck. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And that Bugs wouldn't need help. No, he wouldn't. And in fact, clearly demonstrates that he doesn't throughout the film. Yeah. When he remembers that he's Bugs Bunny, of course. Yeah. And when he remembers he's a cartoon. Yeah. 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 Oh, anyway, uh, remember those car crashes? We have another one because we're going back to the sports story. <laughs> where we're expected to believe that Michael Jordan lives in a suburban neighborhood in a regular house. Yeah, that's... that's... I happen to know for a fact that in 1991, he built a 56,000 square foot mansion. Well, good luck relating to that. Hey, this <laughs> this is his minor league baseball house, okay? This is the house that he lives in when he plays minor league baseball to keep him humble, to remind himself, you know, of, of where he is. Fuck you. I don't know. I'm not tolerating this. It's still, it's... I'm not. It's still like 10 times the house any normal minor league <laughs> ball player could afford, but... It's a big house. It's a very nice house. But it's also in Illinois, so it... it uh, suburb of Illinois, supposedly. So it, it's probably, you know, not that expensive. No. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well. It's a nice upper middle class house. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's where we meet his son, who lost a, a baseball game. His other son, I think. and His, his daughter. daughter. And his wife and their dog Charles. Get That's it? funny because did you get did did you get the joke? It's a dog. His dog's his dog is a bulldog. His name's Charles. Charles, like Charles Barkley. That's that's how I wrote it in my notes. Bark dash Lee. Charles Bark. See, it's no, but I mean, for people, I just people who listening, just to make sure they understand this, this is a joke that has layers like an onion, (laughs) see, because, because Charles Barkley was one of Michael Jordan's, makes me cry like an onion, (laughs) was one of Michael Jordan's rivals. So Michael Jordan has a dog named after him. That's, that's layer number one. But then also Barkley and dogs, what, Mm -hmm. what noise do dogs make? They bark. So it's Barkley. So it's, it's, it's works on multiple levels. That's, that's why it's such a good joke. Do you think it took all four of them five days to write that no, joke? No, but I, I think one of them wrote it, and then like after three weeks, the other three noticed what I just said. And they were like, you know what? That's even a better joke than I thought it was, because, you know, dogs yeah. bark, and his name is Barkley. Also, by the way, this dog changes sizes like 19 times in the course of the film. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, my God. 
He goes from a regular-sized bulldog to a gigantic bulldog later in another scene. Anyway, we meet his fake fucking family, and we don't care about anything they say or any of their feelings or anything, because nothing... It doesn't mean anything. No. Nothing of this means anything, Steve. No, it means absolutely nothing. And it doesn't even really tell us a whole lot about... It doesn't tell us anything relevant about Michael Jordan, either, that winds up mattering in the movie. No, no. And, um... Oh, and then the kids watch TV, and uh, there's a cartoon on, uh, 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 Roadrunner. And then Porky Pig runs in and, and says, there's a big union meeting of all the cartoon characters has got to go. And then they all leave, and it's just the scene, just sitting there. And the kids are like, the fuck? <laughs> and now we cut back to the cartoon world, right? Yeah, Steve? where there's, there's a big union meeting. And the union, right? the union meeting is Bugs Bunny showing up in chains, having been captured by these aliens. Yeah. And, you know, he... The aliens say... Uh, you, you, we, you're all our captives. Yeah. You're coming back with us to Wacky Land or whatever the fuck it's called. And then they shoot Yosemite Sam and they all raise their arms to give up because they forgot that they were cartoon characters and are, for the most part, indestructible. <laughs> and because that's what and, most of these characters would do, they would immediately submit, right? Yeah. And then Bugs Bunny uh, casually slips off his chains like he's taken off a dress. And he then uh, challenges them to a competition, right? Yeah. And convinces them that they have to win the competition in order for them to go to Wacky World or wherever the place is. And then they have a meeting and they decide that they're going to play basketball. What a coincidence. I can't do it anymore. They're, but see, they're playing basketball because the, I can't. Because the aliens are so small. And they figure they're not, they're not tall, so we'll just completely destroy them Uh in basketball. Yeah. I once saw Bugs Bunny fight Elmer Fudd who had a magic helmet that destroyed mountains. Yeah. But that's not that. I've seen all of the Looney Tune characters suffer through things that would have killed any normal person, but still survived. But that was, that was different. This is, this is, this is this. Okay. They shot Yosemite Sam at point blank range. Turned him into a little swizzle stick of a person. He shook that shit off because he's a cartoon character. Listen, listen, listen. You're okay. you're being too critical, okay? You have to watch this with the mindset of a five-year-old child that isn't even paying attention, okay? Who's, like, staring off doing something else. Exactly. And every... It's just like a T... It's a show... A movie that's on on the television. Exactly. Every 30 seconds, the kid looks back at the screen and, you know, ha, 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 Bugs Bunny. And then he goes, he, you know, he goes and does something else. That wasn't used to. No, you were a teenager when this movie came. No, that's that's true. I was I was in my mid twenties. I was twenty seven. That's years old. true. I love Warner Brothers cartoons my whole I life. I know they always made me. Me laugh. too. I love them too. Until <laughs> <laughs> this is for a different generation. <laughs> then I want that generation to go away. Why did you have to ruin my cartoons? <laughs> So, um, they say, we're going to play basketball. And the, the little aliens go, what's that? And so they show them um, an old movie thing of basketball. And the basketball f- movie says, the greatest players in the M- in the world are in the NBA. And the little idiots go, ha, 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 ha. We got a plan. What's their plan? Their plan. What do they do? Their plan, their super sneaky, evil, diabolical plan is yes. that they go... To basketball games, and they and they yeah. have a magic basketball 
Don't don't worry uh-huh. about where they got it. They just have it, and they have it, and they use it to steal the 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 athletic talent. How with magic, they, magic basketball? They, they turn into energy leeches. Yeah, and they go up their noses, and they have a little attack. They have a little like a little seizure. And yeah. then they can't play basketball anymore because their talent right. has been and, stolen. And then they put all the talent in the basketball. Exactly. And it glows. Yeah. As you might expect what? from a talent stealing <laughs> basketball. I don't. Why? How did that? Why did it happen? It's and well, and so they steal the talent from like you know five or six NBA all stars. And um, and we see we cut during this this sequence where they're stealing all the talent. We cut to Michael Jordan who is in a a, a motel room. I guess he's on the road with his baseball team, and he's and he's yeah. watching sports on TV. Uh-huh. And they show the highlights of I think the 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 scene he watches is of, of Muggsy Bogues having his powers taken away, and you just see him like doing his little like like having a little uh, fit when yeah. he has his talent taken away. And Michael Jordan's like, oh, that's weird. And then mm-hmm. he goes. He's like, "Oh, I'm glad I got I retired just in time." Yeah. And then uh, Wayne Knight comes in, and he has one sentence that mentions 19 products in it all at once. Yeah. Because they need to get the product placement out of the way, <laughs> I guess. He's like, "Come on, I go put on your Air Jordans and put on your Nike shorts and eat your Wheaties and drink five cokes and then." Um, I don't know, douche with Massengill and put on a a Peterbilt hat. And I don't know who else sponsored this movie, but do that shit too. Dance, you little puppet. Dance. Dance for your corporate masters. Do it. Hades Doritos pizza. Come on, let's go. (laughs) And uh, then we go back to Looney Tune World. And uh, the tunes play a little basketball. And then the little shitty aliens show up and then they, they touch the basketball and then the basketball powers uh wait so wait okay the aliens use the basketball full of stolen talent from nba basketball players to turn into basketball monsters exactly it makes them big i just said that <laughs> sentence <laughs> i mean i wrote it down that's written that's that's and that's not an exaggeration that's what fucking happens in this movie and somehow it, it causes them to have jerseys too Oh yeah! All of a sudden, they all have jerseys too when they transform, and so then they're really scary. And then Porky Pig wets himself, and then which, um, by the way, Porky doesn't have pants. So does that mean he just pissed on the floor? Yeah, he just pissed. He just all pissed over on the floor. Place. Yeah, he does. Also, doesn't have a penis. Not not one that we can see. <laughs> he tucks. He tucks. Yeah, he. I guess he, he tucks. And then the they don't do anything basketball like they just walk yep. away and everyone's I guess scared and Bugs Bunny's like ha 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 I know what to do and then we cut oh Bill <laughs> Bill friendship isn't worth this <laughs> we cut to golfing right yep, Steve yep yep we cut to it's uh who's who's golfing it's, Steve it's Michael Jordan obviously. And and, yeah. and Stan, his publicist guy, and yeah. and uh, Larry Bird, yeah, yeah, and Bill Murray, Bill Murray. It's the only funny thing in the movie. Yes, is is the nine and a half nanoseconds that Bill Murray is in. That is movie. true. Right? That is true. Yes. Anyway, so they're all fucking golfing, and uh, Michael Jordan hits his ball onto the green, and then a cartoon hand with a magnet 
um, uses the magnet to move the ball around so it goes in the hole. I'd like to remind everybody that there is no metal in a golf ball. <laughs> Cartoon magnets operate under different principles. I guess so. And um, then Michael goes and reaches for his ball and a cartoon rope comes out and lassoes his wrist and sucks him into the golf ball hole. And the um, scene is over. Yes, yes. And in what, in perhaps the funniest bit of the entire movie, after watching Michael Jordan get pulled cartoon-like into a hole on a golf course and disappear... Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry Bird and Bill Murray just kind of shrug and leave. <laughs> and leave. Yeah, they just kind of walk off. And I think Larry Bird even has a line where he says, I wonder where he went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just leave. Yeah. <sighs> so um, he gets sucked down into the cartoon world and he meets Bugs Bunny. And then uh, Bugs Bunny explains the entire plot of the movie. We're 35 minutes into this fucking thing, guys. <laughs> But he explains the entire plot of the movie, and he says, you gotta help us. And he goes, okay. They go to a gym. We see the Looney Tunes spit all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Because they say all it needs is a spit polish, and then they start spitting all over it. That's great. And then the Monstars show up, and then they turn Michael Jordan into a CGI yeah, effect. They, they murder him in the most gruesome way imaginable by crushing <laughs> him into a ball. He's in cartoon land. He gets crushed into, not a ball, he gets crushed into a really bad CGI effect. Yeah. And they dribble him around, and then they leave, and Michael Jordan's like, oh, I guess I'll help you. Yeah, yeah. Well, because originally when they asked him for help, he did say, I don't play basketball anymore. Yeah. And yeah. they were like, come fucking on. Yeah, there's, there's your arc, everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah invest great. in those emotional stakes watching the movie in mm-hmm. 1996. After, yeah, after he after back. his comeback had already from happened. his retirement. I wonder if he's going to come out of <laughs> retirement. Gee, this is <laughs> this is nail biting. <laughs> anyway, so uh, then we have uh, wait, yeah, okay. So then we cut to Charles Barkley who walks up on a street game, uh, and then he gets beaten at basketball by a bunch of girls. Oh. Get it? That's how far he sank. Even girls. Is that he can be beaten by girls. Yeah, fuck you, WNBA. Fuck you, girls. With the, Hey, girls, if you wanted to play basketball for a living, fuck you. Ha ha. <laughs> the only way you could beat a man is if cartoon Don't you aliens understand took his powers. Your girls, your <laughs> vaginas prevent you from playing any sports. And then they emasculate him. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have some scenes of the guys being tested for their loss of talents. Yeah. Right? And there's a bunch of scientific shit and people probing him, and it's a, just a big, long, extended goddamn montage of all of them, you know, seeing psychiatrists and psychologists. And there's a couple funny bits in there, just a couple little tiny little tidbits of humor that are actually kind of yeah. funny. Like when all three of them walk into the doorway. Yeah, at the same yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not enough. <laughs> Anyways, now we cut back to uh, the gym in Looney Tune Land, and the guys are like, uh, want to play on the team. And then from out of nowhere, there's a female bunny. Yeah, right, Lola Steve? Bunny. Lola Bunny, and I guess she's sexy. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bugs Bunny gets a big cartoon boner for her. <laughs> 
And oh, but she's empowered because she doesn't like people calling her babe, right, Steve? And she's one because, hell of a basketball player. I guess so. All that you know, I guess all of those yeah. jokes at the expense of women's basketball players in the Barkley scene are completely. Yeah, I can't wait to get to know her as a character. Oh, she's gone. <laughs> No, you know everything there is to know about her. She doesn't like being called cute nicknames, and she's really good yeah. at basketball. That's her character. Yeah, and, and you know, she tolerated Bugs Bunny's uh, slobbering all over her. Yes, exactly. Right? But she didn't give in because she's empowered. She's an empowered female character. Yeah. Uh, okay, but now they got to get ready, and, and Michael's like, hey, I don't have any shoes. I don't have any sneakers. And uh, also, I need my special shorts from North Carolina. I always wore them underneath my regular whenever I played. I know that's a fucking lie, so don't even try. <laughs> and instead of going, okay, well, 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 let's send you back up and you can go get your shoes and your shorts and anything else you need. Instead, they send who, uh, Steve, to go get the thing? Bugs and Daffy. That's are right. two heavyweights because they gotta they gotta go to MJ's house to extend the movie. Exactly. Length. I mean, get his basketball stuff and, and bring the story, <laughs> such as it is, to a screeching halt for ten minutes. Guys, this movie is barely movie length. It's eighty-eight minutes long. It's not quite ninety. It's almost an no. hour and a half, but not quite. But we have this pointless scene. We have this pointless scene with two of my favorite characters of all time doing nothing funny. <laughs> They sneak around. It's nighttime when they get there, and they sneak around in Jordan's house, and mm-hmm. they look into different rooms, and then they finally go into like his den or whatever, his man cave, mm-hmm. and uh, they find one shoe, and then they find another shoe that's like up on a on shelf. The side, wait, yeah, why were they there? Why was one shoe on a coffee table and the other one on uh, on a pedestal near the roof? It's probably or the it's probably some superstition. You know, athletes are, are weird like that. He has he has very idiosyncratic it's, method of storing his shoes. So they get the sh- they get the shoes and they need the shorts and they they open a door and now the dog has grown five sizes <laughs> and is inexplicably <laughs> holding the shorts. Why? So that they can fight with the dog over the shorts. Does that go anywhere? No, no. Michael Jordan's... Is it really a fight? Not really. Michael Jordan's kids show up and just take the shorts from the dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they say, hey, kids, uh, your dad's playing a basketball game with us. Shut your fucking mouths about it. Don't tell anybody. You understand? We'll come back and we'll kill you all. (laughs) (laughs) We're not above murdering human beings. (laughs) And in this world, you stay dead, kids. (laughs) And now we cut back to the golf course where... Um, Stan has dug a hole looking for Michael Jordan. Yep. And didn't he find didn't him. He didn't find him. And then he sees Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny for some reason at the golf course. They're just course. strolling back along the golf course. And they jump into one of the golf course holes. And Stan doesn't go, oh, look, cartoon characters walking around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fucking God. <laughs> I must have gone crazy. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I have. I need to get help immediately. I, I'm not sure if I ha- I didn't kill Michael Jordan. And I, this is all hallucination is to a stage my guilt. Is this a grave I'm digging? <laughs> I've completely forgotten what I'm doing here. <laughs> no, but that doesn't happen. And that scene ends, right? Yeah, yeah. And we just we, we go back to Cartoon World where Michael has... His basketball gear now, mm-hmm. and we get a nice montage of Michael Jordan playing basketball really good because that's what he does. Yeah, and then Stan shows up. Yeah, how he jumped in the golf hole? That isn't. I don't think that's how that I, works. I don't no. know. I. Uh, 
I guess he just kept he kept digging until he <laughs> got there on his own. And then we cut back to a stadium that is being uh, covered with um, construction sheets, and a spokesperson for the NBA says basketball canceled because five players are sick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Five whole players are sick, so no more basketball, everybody. Uh oh. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And then they fucking play basketball, Steve. Yeah, it's time for the the big game. Uh huh. What hilarious things happen? Oh, nothing. That's no, right. They just they play some basketball, really. Yeah, and the monsters score a whole bunch of baskets, and and ever and then um, they have halftime or whatever they fucking call it. Mm-hmm. And they go into their locker room, and Stan follows the monsters into their locker room, and then he learns all about the whole we took, we magically took the talents of the NBA players and put it in a basketball, and then they find him, and you think, oh, they're gonna murder him, they're gonna murder Stan, they're gonna murder him. Do they? No, they, I, they beat him up a little, I guess. Do they? He looks a little rough, Stan but yeah, goes, like yeah, Stan goes back to the Toon Squad because that's the name of their team, Toon Squad. And uh, he uh, he looks uh, like he's been burned, maybe. He's got smoke coming yeah. off him. And he tells them everything that's going to happen, what happened. And the team goes, oh, no, we can never win. That's that's what we're known for. Looney Tunes <laughs> characters always being defeated at the end. We're never triumphant <laughs> by the end of our cartoons. We're constantly being beaten. Right, Steve? Gi- giving up. That is the hallmark of the Warner Bugs Brothers Bunny, cartoon stable. Pr- constant loser and all he dies at the end of every single one of them being cooked on a spit by either elmer fudd or yosemite sam right steve absolutely he's he's cartoondom's most famous quitter (laughs) that's bugs bunny for you and so michael jordan gives an awful speech and bugs bunny goes that didn't work watch this and so he uh, uh tapes a paper label onto a water bottle writes what does he write on it uh michael's secret stuff i think okay invents doping and yes. then fills it with water and says hey this is michael's secret stuff he doesn't actually have talent he gets it from this bottle and then they all drink it and they all feel great right yeah because all truly great athletes you know need a little something extra yeah, yeah. they're all on the gas yeah, and so they all drink it, they all feel better, they go back out, more basketball, more pop culture references that are garbage, more, and then they start they start um, scoring baskets, and then they, they have like, it's like 66 to 68 or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, and uh, Mr. Screwjack, or Mr. Com, Com Guy, the bad guy. Swackhammer. Mr. Swackhammer. <laughs> He, he calls timeout, and he's like, what are you guys doing? You guys got to stop it. <laughs> Win the game. Something. Start playing good again. Yeah. And then he says, hey, I don't want the Looney Tunes anymore. I want Michael Jordan, because that makes sense. He says, I want Michael Jordan to be the one that comes back to Wacky Land or whatever the name of the fucking thing is. And <laughs> he's going to be there and people are going to play basketball against him and always lose. It doesn't matter that no more than 10 minutes ago, I had no idea who this person was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now I'm going to force him to sign autographs for, I guess, more aliens that don't know who he is. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Once they, once you tell them that he's a famous basketball player, of From course they one will all immediately. Yeah, yeah okay. they will all immediately want his autograph. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, listen, if if you win, 
I'll give the Looney Tunes can go free, and I'll give back the, the special basketball powers to the guys. But if I win, I get Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, and so so Michael Jordan says, "Well, I got a counter offer." Um, I would also like to say that uh, we're almost done with the movie, and now he has stakes yeah. <laughs> in the outcome of this, this movie. Right, Steve? Yeah, just just right before the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happens is Jordan says, okay, we'll make you a deal. If you win, then you can take me back with you, and I'll yeah. do whatever that thing is you said. But if we win, then mm-hmm. not only do the Looney Tunes get to stay here and not be your your slaves, but... You have to give back the stolen talent that you took from the NBA players. That's right. And so then uh, Mr. Cumbucket, whatever his name is, (laughs) Swackhammer? Swackhammer. Swackhammer says, get him. And then they play real violent and they hurt a lot of the the Looney Tunes, right? Yeah, they, they, they put them on the bench. They have to call timeout. And they're like, we need a fifth player. And then they put Stan in. Yeah. And then Stan... Um, tur- gets flattened. Yeah, like a pancake. Yeah, and so they, he's out. And then they they blow him up with a air pump. Yeah, and he turns into awful CGI. I mean, oh, way boy. worse than you can possibly imagine, guys. And then they take him away on a stretcher, and we're like, uh oh. And Marvin the Martian, who's been the referee for some fucking reason, <laughs> ha- has been like, um, you need five players. And if you don't have a fifth player, then you guys are going to have to forfeit the game. And what happens, Steve? Bill Murray shows up. What? Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray shows up. Why? Because we didn't we didn't mention one of the, the one of the, the the jokes of Bill Murray's scenes was yeah. that he's constantly hinting to Larry Bird that he wants to play in the NBA. Yeah. And and he says, you know, now that the these these five players have been felled and are unable to play, the NBA is going to have to start looking for new players and you know, what about me? Like I think I could I I can play, you know. So now wow. he gets to now he gets to fulfill his his dream that was mentioned once or twice earlier in the movie you know, to my play dog, basketball. My dog's dreaming. And her little feet are moving up and down. Aww. She looks so adorable. Yeah. I couldn't give less than two squirts of piss about what you just said about anything that you just said about the movie. I really, I don't care, Steve. I don't care anymore. You I'd rather watch my dog dream. Than you than... don't care about the character arc of Bill Murray in Space Jam? Oh, I'm sorry. Was he the main character of this movie? No. no oh, who was again? The... Oh, that's that right. Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. And he just got his his main plot thing, right? Like, no more yeah. than two minutes ago? Like, right now, yeah. Okay, great. Great, okay. Anyway, so yeah, and uh, uh, Daffy Duck quite honestly says, So where have you been? How did you get here? Uh, you know, he asks a logical question. How? Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> where the hell are all these humans coming from? And Bill Murray says, The truth. Yes, exactly. I'm friends with the producer. I'm friends. I, I'm friends with the producer, and uh, the Teamsters dropped me off. That's it. That's that's the joke, everybody. That's the joke. Yep. That's Bill Murray. That's... He 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 did it to piss off all the people who who wanted who wanted to see Ghostbusters three. <laughs> he was like, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'll do this. <laughs> not doing that. Sorry. Anyway, so um, at the very last minute. 
Bugs Bunny has to explain something to Michael J- Michael Jordan that he probably should have known from the very beginning, and that is things work differently in Toon World, right? Yeah, Steve? You, you you can you can be a cartoon. Yeah, you can. You be don't, a cartoon. You don't have you to just be a regular person. You can jump and stretch and do all kinds of wacky things. Yeah, things that normally would kill you doesn't have any effect on you. Oh wait a minute! Why are we doing this? Why are we doing? Why are why are we doing this again? Since we can't be killed and there's no real threat to us. And there's no actual stakes for any of the cartoon characters, really? Because, I mean, what are they going to do? Shoot us with their laser gun again, and then we just shake it off three seconds later? I, they turned uh, Foghorn Leghorn into a skinny chicken when they shot him with the, uh, with a gun, and he shook it off, and he's fine. I, I just saw Marvin the Martian shoot a hole into Sylvester, like straight <laughs> through his chest. Tweety Bird <laughs> flew through the hole in his chest. He's still there. Hi, Sylvester. See, he's still alive. So what is the threat again, Steve? They don't want to go to the theme park. But they don't have to because they can't die. There's no threat of violence. So what? What? What is it? It's they don't. They, I, they, I, I don't know. Yeah? Uh-huh. I don't See, know. Now, welcome to where I've been for the they last three wanna, hours, Steve. <laughs> they just want to They They, they want to win. wandering in a circle going, but they, I don't. If they what don't, is- why would they do <laughs> when they can't? And no one can. No, no one can. Explain this to me. What is the point of any of this? I feel like Agent Cooper at the end of season two of... of, of <laughs> just banging my head into a mirror. <laughs> Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? How's Daffy? How's, How's Daffy? Daffy? How's Daffy? How's Daffy? So uh, they fucking win. Yeah. <laughs> Michael stretches his arm out like a yeah. cartoon to make a slam dunk, and they win. Oh, we forgot one other thing. When they were hurting all the other um, tunes, one of them sat on bugs or something, and he got all flat. And then Lola runs out and uh, says, oh, because he pushes Lola out he, of the yeah, way. Yeah, he pushes Lola out of the way. They're cartoons, and they can't actually get killed. But she does. He does it anyway. Um, and then she loves him, and they kiss because we were invested in that. Exactly. It's a. It's a. It's a payoff to something we've been waiting for the entire movie. Do you mean it reinforces the idea that if you save a woman, that you get her as a trophy? That's like, like I said. Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So they they win, and then um, as they're settling up, Mister Mister Cocksucker is like, hey. <laughs> Jerks, you lost. You're stupid. And Bugs Bunny's like, why do you take that from him? And they said, oh, because he's bigger than us. And then they realize that they're big monster people. And then they cram him into a rocket. And they launch him to the moon. No, really. That happened. <laughs> yeah. And that's the last we see of Mr. Swackhammer. Yeah. And then uh, the little, they turn, they go, so they give, they put the powers back in the basketball and they turn small again. And they're like, we don't want to leave. We want to stay here. We're Looney Tunes. We don't fucking care at all about that. Go away. <laughs> we want to join your beloved decades old stable of characters. And then um, Stan shows up and he's fine. Yeah. He just needed to walk it off. He needed to walk it off. He's also in his normal clothes rather than in the basketball uniform he was in before because it's... Yep. Yep. And anyway, so uh, he says, hey, we got to go because you got a baseball game. We got to leave. And he's like, okay, bye. And then we cut to uh, the baseball stadium and everyone's waiting around, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, Can't start the game without Jordan. Where's Michael? And um, the kids are like... 
we would tell you what's going on with Dad, but uh, a very mean duck said he would kill us all if we said anything. <laughs> Please don't make us betray his trust, or he'll kill us. And then a spaceship shows up, right? Yeah, and out walks in his baseball uniform, which I guess either they dropped by the house to pick it up, or he just took it with him to Toon World, and we never... We we never yeah. saw it. Yeah. <laughs> totally suited up to play baseball. It's Michael Jordan. And the I Believe I Can Fly music plays again. Oh, yeah. The inspiration I Believe I Can Fly music plays again because uh, he overcame... Uh, he over he overcame... Um, Something. He, he triumphed over... Uh, anyway, he comes out to that music. <laughs> yeah. And the crowd cheers, right? The crowd cheers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and his son gives him a thumbs up. <laughs> Thumbs up, Dad! Welcome back to this sport you suck at. <laughs> <laughs> Let's work on that batting stance, Dad. Yeah. And then we cut from that to all the NBA players that have lost their powers are in a gymnasium, and, my, and then Michael Jordan shows up with Stan, and he gives them a basketball that gives them their powers back. Yeah. And they're like, hey, play play basketball with us. And he's like, no. And they're like, oh, that's right, you play baseball now. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, you don't play base basketball anymore. And then and Michael Jordan goes, there's only one way to find out. And he returns to basketball. Yeah. And then that, <laughs> that thing cares. that had already... Carrot or something, right? That that thing that had already happened like a year before <laughs> when this movie came out happened. And then we get more of the plan of the basketball, and the commercial is over. Yay. Yay. And that's it, Steve. That's, that's, that's all my bile. That's, uh, it's all out. I think it's all out. You, you, you need to mention the little bit at the end of the credits, I don't. Though. You can. Oh, I'm, you let do. me take the headset, my headset off. You say it. <laughs> There you go. Knock yourself out. <laughs> There's a bit at the end of the credits where they do the That's All Folks thing. And Bugs Bunny shows up and he says, That's All Folks. And then Porky Pig comes and he says, Hey, motherfucker, that's my line. And then the little creature guys from the movie are like, We are here too. And then Michael Jordan lifts you're up the thing. You're going to have to give me a, like a visual cue when you're done because I'm not listening. <laughs> and then Michael Jordan lifts up the thing from behind it and he's like, please let me go. Please, God, let me go. The movie is over. I need to go home back to my family. I'm done. I'm done talking about it. Oh, thank God. I'm done. The end, Steve? The end. The end? The end, Yay. my friend. So, Steve. Uh-huh? What is your feelings about this classic fucking commercial product of the worst part of Hollywood the most unimaginative cynical uh -huh. pointless talentless part of Hollywood what is your uh -huh. uh, 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 what are your feelings on spaced jam okay so there's this classic episode of the Simpsons where the studio decides they need to retool itchy and scratchy mm -hmm. because the ratings are falling and and they need to do something to, to jazz it up and to make it hip for today's kids and to reignite interest in it. Yeah. So a bunch of clueless writers who don't understand the characters and are completely clueless as to what the appeal of the show ever actually was come up from this committee meeting with a new character called mm. Poochie, who is the worst character ever, who yeah. is like a middle-aged, out-of-touch 
you know, Hollywood executives idea of what a kid would think is hip and cool. Mm-hmm. Right. The people who came up with Poochie are in, in real life. Their equivalents are the ones that are responsible for this movie. This movie feels like it was it was it was conceived and and created by a committee of clueless executives mm-hmm. who were just like, what about the what about the Bugs Bunny cartoons? What are we doing with those? And someone said, well, actually, it's been such so many years ever since we haven't done anything original with the classic Looney Tunes characters for a while. Oh, you, well, well, what else is, is popular right now? Uh, well, you know, people really like that Michael Jordan guy. Okay. Well, what if we did uh, like do like a Bugs Bunny movie with Michael Jordan? Mm. Oh, that, you know, that, that's perfect. They have those commercials, those commercials for Air Jordans with Bugs Bunny in them. Well, there you go. Just do it. Make it 90 minutes. Do a Michael Jordan Bugs Bunny movie. Okay. Who do we hire, sir? I, I don't know. Who directed the commercial? I don't know, sir. We'll just find out whoever the fuck that was. And look, it's the same. Just do it. Just tell him to do it for 90 minutes. Okay, sir. That's the movie. Yes. And put a new one in there. Get like, you know, they got all the all these old cartoon characters. Put a new cartoon character in there. Excuse Someone... me, CJ. I would like to interject that most uh-huh. of the uh, Warner Brothers characters are all male. With very few female characters, with the exception of Witchy the Witch and uh, the Granny character, we need uh, we need something that will trend with uh, younger audiences. So yeah. we're thinking of maybe like a female character that we could add to the movie. I like it. Mm. And listen, listen. Yeah. When you create this female cartoon character, make it sexy. Oh, already done, sir. Make it so sexy. <laughs> so that's how you feel about the movie, Steve? Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean... It, Here's the thing, right? When when Chuck Jones said that the problem of the movie is that old school Bugs Bunny would have solved this dilemma in seven minutes. At first, that sounds just like an old man complaint. You know, At it first, sounds like yeah, he, yeah. He's go. He's it's like okay, Chuck Jones, you directed these things in the forties. Fuck and the you 50s. and your experience and and the ability to tell stories. Yeah, well, and he's like he's. It sounds like he's doing. You know, back in my day, we did it different, and that was better. But there's a reason why most feature length films involving characters like this don't work, and that's because they were designed and built. And and developed for seven minute shorts. Mm-hmm. Within a seven minute short, the wacky physics and the indestructibility and all of the the goofiness makes sense because you don't have to sustain a story for ninety minutes. You just have to sustain a story for seven minutes, and the yeah. story can be just a, a just a clothesline to hang gags on. Mm-hmm. That's 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 it. When you take those same characters and you don't change them. And you drop them into a 90-minute story that needs to have a narrative and needs to have stakes and needs to have characters that want things. But you don't change anything about them. So they're still cartoon characters that can't be killed and can basically do whatever they want with no rules. It it completely falls on its ass because the only way you can introduce anything resembling conflict or stakes is to have the characters forget who they are, which which is what happens in this movie. The characters in the movie are the same as they were in the classic Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes cartoons. Mm -hmm. Their abilities haven't been changed. And we know that not only from stuff that happens in the movie, but because we see there are clips of the classic cartoons in this movie. It's the exact same Bugs Bunny as we've always seen. Mm -hmm. Yet for some reason, until the last... 20 minutes of the movie for the most part they forget that they're these omnipotent characters that can do whatever they want and can't ever be permanently hurt 
And because there's there's no explanation as to why they wouldn't just keep behaving like cartoon characters like they always have, it it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense within the story that Bugs or any of the other characters would have such a hard time with this because they're the same wacky characters that they were in the 40s and the 50s and there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to just cartoon their way out of this you know yeah so it doesn't make it does the story doesn't make any sense the uh the dialogue feels like it was written by it, it, like that somebody had um you know an, a, a keyboard on autocomplete Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, like if I don't know if anybody listening has ever read that a couple of months ago, somebody released a Seinfeld script that people wrote using autocomplete keyboards. And 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 it reads a lot like this movie feels mm-hmm. where it's like, OK, it's in the general vicinity of a movie like it's recognizable as a movie and you it's OK. That's mostly kind of sort of that's Daffy Duck, but not really. There's no. something a little off about it. And it, it it feels like it was written and produced by people who who don't who clearly seem to have in, in some cases, probably mostly in, in, in the cases of the animators, have some affection for these characters, but but don't understand what makes them funny and don't understand why people like them or, or why they work, you know, or mm-hmm. what what makes their individual personalities so compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just it feels assembled by committee and it feels pointless. Uh, Michael Jordan is an actor of limited gifts. <laughs> um, he could have been good, as as we were saying earlier, like if they had done a, a different kind of movie that had placed slightly different demands on him. Yeah, I think he could have done okay. But in this kind of thing, he just he just seems like he for most of the movie he just kind of shrugs and goes along with whatever's happening. Yeah, you know, oh, cartoons need me to play basketball. Okay, mm-hmm. let's do it. Yeah. Okay, I'll you know. And the one, la- the, the last thing I'll mention is there's a lot of live action animation blending in this. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was made eight years after Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yup. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is superior in every possible way, including technically. Yeah. The the blending of the live action and the animation in Who Framed Roger Rabbit is so much more convincing. And so much done, just so much better, is is achieved so much more successfully than this movie. Space Jam feels like they took every possible shortcut. They There are a lot of very extreme close-ups of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Where it's just, it's Michael Jordan and kind it's of a blurry... Head, all of his head in the frame. Yeah, and, and just a blurry cartoon backdrop and just him doing like a facial reaction to whatever is happening. There's a lot of that. There's not nearly as much of, you know, more elaborate shots that try to incorporate him into a cartoon world. Um, so that's a problem as well. It, even though it, it comes much later than Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and you would think that it would be much more technically accomplished than that older film, it's actually mm-hmm. nowhere even close. So, yeah. Yeah. You're done? Now you can talk. Okay. Hi, everybody. It's me. <laughs> so here are my fundamental problems with the film. Number one, there's no arc for Michael Jordan. There are hints of it. I know that they intended one there for one there to be one, which was, here's Michael Jordan. He loves basketball. He retired for some reason to play baseball. And maybe he should go back to basketball. No one says that at any point anywhere in the film. <laughs> Nor does he. He keeps insisting that he is a baseball player. No one suggests maybe you should go back to basketball because that's what you really love. Nobody, no one, anywhere in the film until 30 seconds before the end of the movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> and even then, they don't say it. They just kind of imply it. And then all of a sudden, he's like, bleh. So the the arc that they were trying for was Michael Jordan making a mistake trying to play baseball, and he wants to go back to basketball, right? Yeah. And he discovers by playing this basketball game with the Looney Tunes that he loves basketball and he wants to go back. So at the end, he goes back to basketball, yippity, yippity, right? Exactly. But they don't do any of the things necessary to drive that point home. They're just kind of dropped in at the last minute so that we have a pretend arc, (laughs) but not a real one. When he returns back from the Looney Tune basketball game, which technically should have been the point where he realized that he loved basketball, does he come back and say, I'm done playing baseball? No. Mm -mm. He shows up in a baseball uniform, in a baseball field, with people in the baseball stadium cheering him, ready to play baseball. What? <laughs> what? Well, usually this is the point where the character says, I made a mistake. I'm going back to my first love. I'm going back to the thing that I'm good at. I'm going back to the thing that made me so much fucking money. I love basketball. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, Steve, why is this family in this movie? I, that's a great... To, to eat up running time. Yep, that's to, it. To, to, to get that script to 88 pages. <laughs> Yeah, we got to make sure that his family's in there for some fucking goddamn reason. That's the same reason why we have the extended scene of two Looney Tunes characters walking through his house trying to get uh, basketball shorts and shoes. Doesn't need to be in there. Doesn't actually um, pay off at the end. Are his shoes actually magical? Nope. Do they change when they get to the cartoon universe? Nope. He just needs a pair of tennis shoes. Why don't they just go up and get a pair of tennis I know. How about they just um, magic up some cartoon tennis shoes for him? They're in fucking cartoon land. They can make anything they want. They change their costumes instantaneously so how come they can't do that oh never mind we need to have uh, this scene otherwise the movie will only be I don't know 67 minutes long <laughs> there's no arc for the Looney Tunes characters not really no. who are we invested in nobody here's the problem Steve is absolutely right these characters work great in as they are they work great in 7 minute intervals If you remain true to the characters, they can only last on screen for seven minutes. If they were going to make these characters actual characters with actual stakes, they needed to take the time to create those stakes for the characters. They don't do that. Do that, Steve. They don't. They don't at all. Here's how you take an overpowered character, and all of the Looney Tunes characters are overpowered, right? Here's how you do that. (laughs) You take them out of their natural habitat, which would be the cartoon land, and put them into the real world, where maybe they don't have all of the bounce-back powers that they would normally have in cartoon world. There's something you can do, and you can have those characters confronting the fact that they are not all the way, they're not running at 100%, that maybe they get injuries that last. Maybe we can see them actually go, oh shit! Maybe we can turn these characters into something a little bit more fleshed out. But we're not going to do that. You know how Roger Rabbit did it? Roger Rabbit did it by actually giving the tunes a way to die. Yeah. Because if they didn't have the dip in Roger Rabbit, there would be no stakes for any of those characters. And that's what we have here. Nothing that happens to the Looney Tunes characters matters because they are they're immune. There is no threat that you can make to a character that cannot die and cannot be permanently injured to make them do anything. Other mistakes? Um, The outside threat. The outside threat are aliens. 
Why? I I don't know. Do you know, Steve? <laughs> I have no idea. Because they wanted to call the movie Space Jam. Is there a reason why it couldn't be a human amusement park in the real world with an evil human played by <laughs> John Lithgow who uh, wants... <laughs> The real Looney Tunes in his park to attract people to see their actual cartoons, and he actually kidnaps them, and they're like, but, but we don't have our powers here. And he's like, shut up. And then, but, then we figure out some way to get them to play basketball. But they couldn't call the movie Space Jam then, unless John Lithgow had a, a fortress on the moon. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did this game take place in space? No, no, it took place in Looney Tunes world, it looked like. Which is on Earth. That's uh, Yes, indeed. Okay, so it's not called Earth Jam or no. Looney Tunes Jam or what the fuck? Why did it need to be called Space Jam? <laughs> it, it should have been called What the Fuck. They didn't play in space. They didn't even play at the other pl- the, the, the theme park. No. Even if they had stuck with the alien thing, if they had been real aliens from a real planet and they had been just like real life aliens... Mixed in with the cartoon things. You want to know why they did the thing that they did with the movie, Steve? Why Why did they do the thing? Because it was the cheapest way to do this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Let's keep all the cartoons in Cartoon Land because it's cheaper to animate them in Cartoon Land. It's cheaper to shoot fucking Michael Jordan acting against nothing, which is a great thing to do with someone with limited acting ability, yeah. in front of a fucking green screen. Let's make sure that the characters, the life, real life characters, interact as physically interact as little as possible with the cartoon characters. That means that we don't actually ever believe for a single goddamn second that any of these characters are in the same frame together. We see them there, but since they don't touch each other, they don't have any meaningful interactions with each other. What's the point? It doesn't feel real. I don't think we're supposed to feel real. We're supposed to be engaged. We're supposed to give a fuck, right? We're supposed to care about the outcome of this basketball game. Ideally. Did you? Uh, no. <laughs> I did not. No. They knew they were in trouble because someone had to put a phone call into Bill Murray. Probably Ivan Reitman, who said, Bill, please, please, we need something funny. <laughs> I'm watching the dailies, Bill. It's bad. And he said, I'll do it, but I don't want to re- I don't. I'll just make up my own lines. Okay. <laughs> And I, this is how I know. I have a feeling that the original one didn't have Bill Murray in it at all. More than likely, it was Larry Bird that show up and showed up at the end. More than likely, it was just Larry Bird in the golfing scene at the beginning. <laughs> because if you sucked Bill Murray right out of that scene, doesn't make any difference to the outcome, does it? No, not at all. No, not at all. And in fact, it would make sense if Larry Bird said, I gotta ice my knees because he was retired and he hurt. Yeah. So... When I watch a film like this and I start to realize the decisions that were made in the film were made for economic reasons because they wanted to make as much fucking money as they possibly fucking could. And they, they, they shortchanged the audience by having a stupid script and by filming it poorly and editing it poorly and making weird decisions to try to get you to feel something. It's the reason why you get the I Believe I Can Fly song in the places that it's at because they want to make pretend that you actually feel something at the beginning and the end of the film. Here's some of the ickier parts of this script. You ready? <laughs> Yeah. They made Michael Jordan say at the beginning while during his retirement speech that he was glad his dad saw him play his last game. That was that was important. That's what he said. His father was murdered before he retired from basketball. Yeah. His father never saw him play his last game before his retirement. In fact, his father's murder was one of the reasons why he retired in the first place. Are we given a reason as to why he retires in in the movie? Nope. He just he's no. like, "Well, I've accomplished all I can." Yeah, I'm done. Bye. That's it. I'm going to go play baseball. 
which was kind of based on what he actually did in real life. And then he came back, kind of based on what he did in real life. They kind of have a family that's based on the family that he has in real life. But there are no stakes for these characters. Everything boils down to the writing and the decisions they made in the writing process. And I have no doubt in my mind that they may have written some wonderfully complicated things and the the people who had money said, no, we can't do that, that's expensive. No, we can't do that, that's expensive. I have a, a feeling that they were real aliens at the beginning and they said, we can't, no, that would require special effects and more CGI and more of this and more of that. We don't want to do that. Everything's a cartoon for some reason. Everything in space is a cartoon for some reason. Right, Steve? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It, 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 for some reason, once you get past the moon, it's all cartoon space. Yeah, so maybe as a little kid, as a five-year-old kid, you went, ah, movement and colors. <laughs> Shapes. But as an adult, you go, this is a hollow, you know, cash grab a commercial a gross commercial venture based off of a different kind of gross commercial venture which was tennis shoe commercials yeah now could this movie have been fixed i don't know i don't know i don't know i mean if you change the daffy duck bugs bunny the warner brothers cartoon characters too much they stop being the characters that we love right right but the only way to make them work in a long form like this is to change them right yeah. There's a reason why in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Roger Rabbit was not an established character. They had to make one up. <laughs> and why all the cameos were brief from all of the other cartoon characters. Because if it had been Mickey Mouse or Bugs Bunny as the main character of Who Framed Bugs Bunny or Who Framed Mickey Mouse, the character would have fallen apart because they would have had to given that character more to do than we're, than we're willing to accept, I think. Now, am I saying that I would be like, no, if they gave Bugs Bunny, like, stakes feelings, emotions, you know, things like that, that I might be against it, I might actually appreciate it. But they weren't willing to do that. They, they were, There was very little thought put into this film. It really feels like, we'll get Michael Jordan, we'll get the Bugs Bunny characters in there, we'll fucking make up some fucking plot about some fucking shit, and we'll film it, and we'll put it out at Thanksgiving time, and all you stupid mouth-breathing American <laughs> pussheads, you're just gonna pour into the theaters, because you liked them, that commercial that you watched, right? Eat it! <laughs> Eat what we made for you! <laughs> now pay for it. <laughs> Pay to watch our commercial. So what it boils down to Steve is, hey, Steve, classic uh, or not classic? Oh, not classic. No. Not classic. Not a classic. I agree. And there is a lot of nostalgia for this film. A lot of people have a knee-jerk reaction to Space Jam because they remember it as a kid. Well, and, and because because it's, it's, it's hard to, I mean, it's easy to forget, even for those of us who were of age at the time, you know, um... People forget, I think, sometimes how big of a deal Michael Jordan was. Oh, he's yeah. And it was legitimately, at least, compelling to see that he, to that he was in a movie. You know, he was legitimately he was our generation's Babe Ruth. He was the biggest athletic star in mm. the world, and and to just just the mere fact of having him in a movie was interesting. And but the problem is the the the, the producers of the movie didn't bother to develop it any not even a single step beyond that. It was just Can you picture Babe Ruth doing this kind of movie back in the nineteen thirties, nineteen forties. No, oh he, well, he did do some some silent movies that were not exactly. You know, no, I'm talking about Chaplin a movie with cartoon characters. <laughs> yeah, no, he, I, I don't know. I mean, you know what? Throw enough money at the babe, he probably would have done just Man, about what's anything. What's up, Doc? Holy shit! I must be drunker than I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> Could you keep it down, little fella? 
I have got such a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Babe Ruth murders Bugs Bunny, and then that's the end of the movie. Uh-huh. I tell, and then, told you to let me sleep. Of, let's see, we got to have a villain that's appropriate for the 1930s. A bunch of Chinamen <laughs> steal uh, baseball players. They get Ty Cobbs, and who else do they get? <laughs> <laughs> Lou Gehrig. Uh, Lou Gehrig. And <laughs> Tris Speaker. Rogers Hornsby. You know. <laughs> so not a classic. Not, not a classic. classic. Not a classic. Hey, Steve. Uh-huh? Do you have a movie you'd like to recommend? Boy, I sure do. Oh, goody. <laughs> okay, so this is a movie that um, that also features classic Looney Tunes characters mm-hmm. uh, that avoids the problem of Space Jam uh, by by not by, making it, <laughs> by, instead of trying to adapt the characters to a, a feature length format, they yeah. just made a feature length movie by stitching together a bunch of the shorts. Ah, they 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 actually did this a few times in in the seventies and eighties. Warner Brothers released a series of of compilation films that were basically uh, like Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes clip shows. Or they would have yeah. like a they would have like a frame story that would it would either be like Bugs Bunny remembering the old days, remembering some mm. capers he got into, or they would come up with a frame story that 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 bridged the stories of the different shorts to make it seem sort of like they were all part of the same story. Yeah, but really it was just they they made up some new shit and put it in the middle so that it, you oh that's this isn't eight separate cartoons this is one you know you'll know the stitched together parts the made up parts because the art. Would goes really bad yeah they're, <laughs> they're the parts that aren't quite as funny as the rest and the of voices it. get really old all of a sudden yeah so they're like i said they did a bunch of these um the most famous one is probably the bugs bunny and what well, the, the the uh the bugs bunny roadrunner movie yeah um that's not what i'm recommending though. i'm actually recommending uh one from the late 80s that features I, your favorite looney tunes character and my favorite looney tunes character as well daffy duck I didn't know um, Daffy was your favorite. Daffy is my favorite, and he was also my, Chuck my Jones' favorite. My favorite is Chuck Jones Daffy. 1950s yeah, oh. Chuck Jones Daffy is probably the greatest cartoon character ever created. I agree. I completely agree. And it was he was Chuck Jones' favorite as well. As you, I think you can tell, because I think Chuck Jones did a lot of his best work on the Daffy Duck cartoons. Oh, yeah, um, he did. Especially when it was uh, Daffy Duck and Porky Pig yeah. satirizing a genre. <laughs> Absolutely. So the film I'm recommending is called Daffy Duck's Quack Busters. Oh, yeah. And it's from uh, 1988, and it was it was actually um, the, the, the new sequences for this that they created to fill in the gaps between the classic shorts that they stitched together are the final original voice work by Mel Blanc, because mm-hmm. he recorded it right before he died. Um, or maybe a year or so before he died. His last, his last official work as a as a Warner Brothers character, I believe, was a car commercial. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I, this I, is pretty close I, to the end. I his son was with him, and they were doing because his son was filling in for some of the voices too because he was older. And yeah, well, and, and his. They, yeah. Yeah. His son was originally supposed to do a lot of the voices in Space Jam, but they decided to hire like five other people. 500 people. <laughs> to, to, to take the place of him. Um, but yeah, so Daffy Duck's Quackbusters, and the, the frame story is is a takeoff on Ghostbusters, where Daffy inherits some money, and then he decides, he, the, he inherits the money on the pretense that he has to use the money to do something beneficial for the community, so he decides to become a Ghostbuster. That and, makes sense. And then and that and then they of course the the shorts that they stitched together for most of the movie are ones that had supernatural themes so they can kind of shoehorn it into the 
the frame story that they've created. And mm-hmm. what I what I what is cool about it is that it has some of the the lesser known Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes cartoons. You know, it, it doesn't have like the ones that everybody knows, like like mm-hmm. What's Opera Doc or uh, Duck and Muck. You know, it has some. Duck of and the, Muck is the greatest cartoon ever made. Duck and Muck is amazing, and I think Duck and Muck is actually in the. If you guys want a better Bugs understanding Bunny. of who I am as a person, watch Duck and Muck. Duck, yeah, Duck and Muck is 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 genius, and I think it's it's part of the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie. Yeah. Um, but this one has some some lesser known ones, and it, it features. Yeah, Bugs is in it, but it also has a lot of of Sylvester and Porky. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's of, of the compilation movies. It's, I think it's my favorite. Um, so that is my recommendation. If you want to see the Looney Tunes characters, um, in finer form, (laughs) then, then you would see them in Space Jam. Really check out any of the compilation movies or any of the classic shorts even better, because then you can see them in their original form. Um, but if you want to sit down for 90 minutes and watch a a Looney Tunes movie, one of the compilation movies is your best bet. And specifically, I'm, I'm recommending Daffy Duck's Quack Busters. Great. Well, as you know, I recommend a movie that was made in the same year as the movie that we just reviewed, 1996. And at its heart, Space Jam is a kid's movie. I mean, would you agree it's supposed to be, I guess, for kids? Oh, yeah. Despite all the violence and the the Perky Pig wedding himself. And And, and Charles Barkley referencing that he fucked Madonna. Yeah. um, What does that mean, Mommy? Just shut up. (laughs) So... Uh, the movie I'm going to recommend is not everyone's favorite. A lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people had, were just were kind of meh. But I loved it mainly because I was not only a fan of the source material, but I'm also a fan of this filmmaker, this artist. And um, while it's not completely faithful to the source material, I still enjoyed it. Um, the movie that I'm going to recommend is a stop-motion animated film called James and the Giant Peach. Oh, yeah. Which was directed by Henry Selick and stars Paul Terry, Simon Cowell, Richard Dreyfus, Jane Levies, Joanna Lumpley, Lumley, excuse me, uh, Miriam Margulies, Susan Sarandon, Pete Postlewaite, and David Thewlis. And um, this is also one of those movies that uh, mixed animation with uh, live action. Um, it basically follows, if you haven't read James and the Giant Peach, it's about this poor, abused orphan boy. <laughs> <laughs> so Roll Doll. Yeah, Roll Doll. <laughs> um, he meets a magic man. Um, and then uh, th- th- some stuff happens, and there's a giant peach and a whole bunch of giant insects, and they go on a great big adventure to escape these cruel women. And yeah, some of the themes are kind of thump thump over the head, but I still enjoyed it. And uh, what was nice is that uh, almost all the characters, not all of them, but a lot of them had character arcs, some were throwaway characters. It's well animated, it's a gorgeous film. It's a gorgeous film. And uh, it was a movie that took time, patience, and artistry to make. Unlike the piece of shit we just reviewed. <laughs> so, um, if you haven't seen it, and you feel like watching some some Kitty Fair or stuff like that, if you want to see the fantastic Pete Postlewaite, who's great in everything, mm-hmm. and who is only in this very briefly, but he's also the narrator throughout, then I wholly recommend James and the Giant Peach. And that's it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> We made it. We made it. Steve? Mm-hmm, yeah. What movie are we going to do next? We have been doing a string of movies that we just either went meh or we really... I mean, up until we did Plan 9, we did like nine movies in a row that we didn't like. We did. We, we were on kind of a, a streak, weren't we? We were on a downward spiral, Steve. Down <laughs> Hollywood's butthole, and I want to <laughs> climb out. Okay, well... 
what if for our next one we do a movie that is uh that is more universally beloved that's always a danger steve yeah we've done universally beloved before and it's never worked out for us it's that's true gone with the wind universally beloved that that thing left a scar that that wasn't good still hurts me yeah that's true that's true but but not Titanic. only Oh God, yeah. Do I have to remind you of the nightmare that was Titanic? Yeah, it's true, it's true. So when you say universally beloved, it makes me kinda wanna throw myself off a cliff a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you choose your next words carefully. How about this? Let me pitch it to you this way. Okay. Okay. We just watched Space Jam. Yeah. Which, rumor has it, has some connection to science fiction and space. What? Right? Because it has aliens in it, so technically okay. there's... And, and space is in the title. I guess. So and it's, a, and it's a comedy, so in a certain technical sense, it is a science fiction comedy. Oh, all right, I guess. Just go with me on this. I'm going. Just accept this premise. So why don't we do another sci-fi comedy... But that doesn't get its sci-fi from space, but from another well-plumbed subgenre. Let's say, mm-hmm. t- let's say time travel. Oh, okay. So we'll do a, a science fiction time travel comedy. Time bandits? No. Oh. I mean, maybe, okay. maybe eventually. I don't know. Well, that's not what I was thinking of. Oh, what were you thinking of then? I was a little more mainstream, a little more middle of the road than time bandits. Oh. You know, okay. Bill and as, Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, a little, maybe just a little bit before that. Uh, maybe a movie that was that was Star an inspiration. Trek <laughs> Star Trek. Four. <laughs> just just nudge it back just a tiny little bit more, like like that's, one more year. That's a sci-fi comedy. The, I mean, it is. You're making this is. really hard. There's a lot of sci-fi comedies with with time travel in them. How about this? It's a sci-fi. Peggy time- Sue got married. <laughs> yes, that brilliant science fiction film. Um, how about? It, it also stars in the leading role uh-huh. uh, a young actor who at the time was starring in a hit sitcom. I, you're, boy, you're being oblique. I don't know. Okay. I'm confused. Okay. Look, just, back to the future. Okay. Let's just do Back to the Future. Oh, Back to, back the, to the Future. future. Why didn't you just say that instead of leading me down this confusing path that hurt my head? I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm not mad. That's okay. We're going to review Back to the Future, Back everybody. to the Future. Do I have to tell any living person on the planet to go see Back of the Future? <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> hey, everybody, we're going to review Back to the Future. It's got Huey Lewis in the news. It's got a dog. And it's got crazy scientists. And it's got, um, oh, no, it's got terrorists in it. Yeah, <laughs> just just for a little bit. Scott date rape. Uh, just for Steve, a little bit. Just for a little I'm bit. I'm starting to think about the oh, movie. Oh, just, just for a little tiny bit. It's got attempted incest. Oh, just but I mean, blink and you'll miss it, right? <laughs> it's not about the incest. No, I mean, not... sort of, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, everybody, if you haven't seen Back to the Future, what color is the sky on your planet? (laughs) (laughs) Ours is blue. Anyway, go see it, and then you'll get all the jokes. Right, Steve? That's right. That's right. So we're going to watch 
great. You know what? My guess of Peggy Sue got married was really close. It, you almost had it. That was that's very like close. Back to the Future, but with all the fun taken out of it. <laughs> you were perilously close on that one. And Nick Cage. Ah. <laughs> All right, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another one of our reviews. For Late Seating, this has been Jason Harding. And go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. And, you know, maybe there's no intelligent life out in the universe after all. That's confirmed. I know it. Because they would have come here and stopped making this. They would have showed up and said, excuse me. Take us to the director of Space Jam. Why is it our aliens always sound the same? There's no appreciable difference between an alien and a robot. Here, I'll be a robot, you be an alien. Okay. Hello, I am a robot. I am an alien. You're biting my style. (laughs) I don't know what you... I I just talk the way I talk. (laughs) This has broken us. I think the movie broke us. I think the movie broke us a little bit. A little bit. Usually we come up with really... Long outros. <laughs> I was going to say brilliant, but my mind That's, got the better of me. Yeah. <laughs> Long is better. There's a more apt. <sighs> Can we be done? Let's just let's just call it over with. Let's just say it's over. I stick one of them bottle brushes in my ears to clean my brain out I need this movie. Do they, can they give you a lobotomy that just erases like particular memories? Oh, I hope so. Let's or, look it up on Google. <laughs> Just like a like a I want the eternal sunshine thing, but just for a little bit, just when for one. We call movie. them. They'll be like Space Jam. Yes, <laughs> that's our special. That's easy to find. It's bright red on your scan. <laughs> oh, it's right next to Gone with the Wind. We'll oh. throw that one in for you free. Wanna, yeah, Thank don't worry, you. buddy. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'd wind up forgetting half of our podcast. Yeah. And then, and see, and then we, would, we would ruin it, though, because we'd go back and listen to the show thinking, when did we review that movie? We'd be like, Steve, something happened. <laughs> I'm remembering things, man. They said I wouldn't remember. <sighs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Do you think they take uh, my insurance? You know, it's it's you, you probably have to get like an Affleck kind of thing, you know, like... Ben yeah, Affleck? Af, <laughs> the Affleck with the duck. Like supplemental oh, with insurance. The duck. Okay. You know, if you want to erase your part of your brain, I don't think that is covered by standard health insurance. Oh, believe me, there are plenty of times after watching Ben Affleck where I don't want to erase part of my brain. <laughs> you, you, you instinctively reach for that mind wipey thing from Men in Black. It's You're not like, a mind wipey thing. I instinctively reach for an ice pick. <laughs> you know, and we're going to be brave this time, Jason. We're going to do it. <laughs> ding, ding. I cracked right through the sinus bone. (laughs) (sighs) Now I'm going to do it. (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash lemmelisten. And... Thanks for listening.